Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science. With beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. An Erio's original. Each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and this is The Aftermath. The Aftermath. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Aftermath. Today, we're speaking with guest expert Joan Ryan. Joan Ryan is a pioneer in sports journalism, becoming one of the first female sports columnists in the country. Her first book, Little Girls in Pretty Boxes, The Making and Breaking of Elite Gymnasts and Figure Skaters, was a controversial, groundbreaking expose that Sports Illustrated named one of the top 100 sports book of all time. Let's hear what she has to say about the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan scandal. Hi, Joan. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Rebecca. Happy to be here to go back in my past and revisit all of this uh, drama. Yes, we love the drama. Um, (laughs) Can you start off by uh, giving us a little background on the early years of Tanya Harding's skating career? How did she emerge as one of the highest ranked figure skaters in the country? Well, you know, the truth of the matter is, I mean, I wasn't really following her very much until I started writing my book. And I started writing my book, Little Girls in Pretty Boxes in 1992, I want to say. And before that, I don't even know if I had. Oh, no, that's not true. I, I did go to the 1988 Olympics in Calgary, but she was not there. Um, so I was not that familiar with Tanya, um, until I started researching this book and, you know, obviously, you know, what emerges quickly 
and this happens in sports all the time and, you know, with any well-known public figure, um, is they become caricatures very quickly. And, you know, the Tanya Nancy was sort of ripe for the caricatures and the um, and pitting them against each other. And it couldn't be more stark. And, and as it turned out, you know, the caricature of Tanya was was pretty true um, that she was the truck driving um, bleach blonde outlier of gym, of uh, figure skating. And she just would not go along with the program. You know, she was the bordello red homemade costume, you know, gliding around and, you know, the chunky thighs and the, you know, she didn't have any of the shine on her. There was nothing nuanced about her at all. And then, of course, versus Nancy. Um, yes. And tell us about Nancy's, I guess, caricature that as yeah. she was portrayed. Yeah, the way she was portrayed was the ice princess. You know, she was the 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 graceful, well-mannered, um, beautiful makeup, designer costumes, Vera Wang. Um, and so she was the um pro the the archetype of the good girl. And Nan and Tanya was the girl from the other side of the tracks. And how far back did this rivalry uh, start? Well, at least 19. Well, I mean, I, I don't really know that. I mean, I know in 1991 when um, Tanya finally won um, a championship. And that's probably when she really emerged as a contender and she was super, super athletic at a time when that was really just coming into its own in figure skating. It was about the grace and the um, the beauty of it. And Tanya was doing triple axles and she landed one in I think it was in the 1991 championship. And I think she only landed one more in competition for the rest of her career. But that was her calling card. She could out jump um, the other top figure skaters and, and particularly Nancy. So once she wins, once Tanya wins the 1991 championship, uh, and, and how is she embraced by the U.S. Figure Skating Association? Well, I mean, the truth is, as far as as far as I remember, she was not embraced at all. And they did not want her to be the top figure skater. They did not want her to represent America. And so it was a really steep hill to climb. And the judging, you know, back then, I mean, the judging was as much about how you presented yourself almost as much as your skating. And she had no chance on that front. They did not like how she looked. They did not like how she behaved. They didn't like, <laughs> they didn't, they could accept that she didn't have any taste or class. What they couldn't accept was that she, that she wasn't open to um, reinvention, that she wasn't open to learning taste and class. She was going to be herself no matter what. So it's my understanding that before the 94 Olympics, 
the USFSA directed Tanya to get back together with her ex-husband, Jeff Galuli. What Was it typical for them to be involved in the athletes' lives to that extent? That was unusual. I mean, it, it really was unusual as far as as far as I know it, that generally, I mean, that was a little over the top, but who knows? I mean, really, you know, these worlds of, of figure skating and then in little girls and pretty boxes, I read about gymnastics too. It is such a tiny world that's so insular and in figure skating, especially, you know, the judges were often part of a, a, a skater's um, I don't want to say entourage, but advisors. I mean, judges would go to figure skaters and give them like, hey, you know, we didn't like that. You shouldn't do that. I think your makeup is, you know, really bad. You know, they would give them all of these um, feedback, most of it not very positive. And when they went to Tanya, you know, she's not listening to them. She didn't care about them. And that does not help your judging. I mean, the judging in figure skating back then was really sketchy. Mm. Talk to us about that. Well, it was that the judges had this complete control, obviously, over everything. And, you know, there were times where you could that it had been seen, you know, where one judge, maybe a younger judge, whatever, would be looking over the shoulder of another judge to see what that judge had 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 uh, written down and judges would go to the practice sessions and sit there and really start to decide who was going to win by the practice sessions. And they would have that expectation that, you know, Nancy Kerrigan or Tanya Harding or whoever it was, was the best skater. And so they had a huge advantage going into the actual competition. Wow. So as far as we know, when did the plan of, uh, for the assault on Nancy Kerrigan emerge? Well, looking back on it and, you know, that all unfolded over time. I mean, mostly at the trial of the, you know, two idiots who, who did this. I mean, they were just so stupid. It was unbelievable. Um, yeah. So I think it was. Not long before the 92 U.S. championships in in Detroit. I mean, it certainly seemed like it was put together pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, it was a case, it, 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 you know, like you couldn't make it up. And that's probably like I, Tanya, that fabulous movie about all this. You know, that's part of what that made that movie was, you know, these bumbling fools trying to pull off, you know, the, the the dumbest possible idea for how Tanya was going to win um, the championship and go on and win the Olympics. So after the assault on, on, on Nancy Kerrigan at the at the championships in Detroit, what, what was Tanya's reaction to her number one competitor uh, being eliminated from the competition? What was it interpreted as suspicious? How, how did how was the fallout? Well, I mean, the first thing as a reporter, and I was there at the arena when she was clubbed. Wow. Yeah. What was the atmosphere like? Well, I was writing, you know, researching my book. And um, so I went to the practice session at the Kobo Arena, which was next to Saint, um, the Joe Louis Arena, where the championship would take place. 
And there was one other reporter there from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And so when the session was over, and this is indicative of, of what I was alluding to earlier, Nancy was wearing the most beautiful, this is a practice session, right? But they know the judges are watching. They're all lined up watching. So you go out and you wear and look as if it's the championship. So she had on this, you know, virginal, beautiful white um, outfit that was like a cross between First Communion and Victoria's Secret. You know, it was just kind of a good girl, good girl, sexy um, look. And so she steps off the ice. And I was um, right outside the hallway where they step in to go toward their locker room. And all of a sudden I hear this commotion and then Nancy wailing, you know, why me, why me, why me? And I run into the hallway and um, and she's sitting on the floor. You know, we've all seen that picture holding her knee and um, her father goes over to her and picks her up and and she says, it really hurts, dad. It really hurts. And he carries her into the locker room. And so the, then the word got out to the reporters who were at the Joe Lewis arena, you know, because they're not going to go watch practice. And it became, you know, the biggest the biggest story in sports, uh, you know, certainly of the decade. And I remember um, Dana, I can't remember her last name from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And I were being interviewed by all the reporters once we went back over to the Joe Louis Arena. And I also remember I worked for an afternoon paper in San Francisco and I, and this is before cell phones and getting on the payphone at the Cobo Arena to call in the story over the phone because we could still get it. It was late morning. We could still get it in the afternoon paper. And then Dana, who was a really, really young reporter, I went over to Dana and she's because she witnessed the attack and she was really, really rattled. And I remember telling her because she worked for her paper, had an afternoon edition also. And uh, and I said, Dana, you got to call your newsroom. You have to call your newsroom. This is a huge, huge story. And so she did obviously call her newsroom and. Um, yeah. And the fallout was just amazing after that. I mean, everybody trying to find out who this guy was, what had happened, was Nancy going to be able to skate? And of course, because we journalists are, you know, the cynical, uh, totally irreverent type, the first thing one reporter said, where was Tanya? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, immediately thinking, oh, this was Tanya. I mean, kidding, but kind of kidding on the square. So once it's it's it comes out that at at least Tanya's ex-husband is involved in the assault or, you know, there's a connection. How does the association then deal with 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 Tanya? What happens in the days after? Well, they they really can't do much about Tanya. And Tanya was, oh, I'm so um, horrified for for Nancy. This is horrible. You know, my heart goes out to her. You know, she was all, this is terrible. Gosh, it could have been me. It's really scary. Um, and 
then it emerged pretty quickly that there was a connection um, with Jeff Galuli. And she, I mean, you got to give Tanya credit. I mean, she was steadfast in her her claim of innocence. And even when it came out that it was Jeff Galuli, you know, I didn't know anything about it. I just can't believe that he would do this. And in the meantime, you know, this skating association had to figure out, well, what do we do with Nancy? You know, she's worked so hard. She is the person we want at the Olympics. So do we allow her to go to the Olympics, even if she can't compete in the U.S. Um, US championships? And of course, Tanya won the U.S. championships. So she got the she got one of the two spots. And then they decided that Nancy deserved the second spot and she was healing well. How do they perform then at the Olympics? Tanya finished 10th, I think, in the technical and then eighth overall. And, you know, with the whole the shoelace on the skate, I mean, Tanya just drama followed that girl around. I mean, just she just, you know, she carried it like a backpack and things just flew out of there at random times. And Nancy, of course, you know, skated the the, you know, had the performance of her life, missing one uh, double loop and changed it into a single, I think. And that was it. Otherwise, and and if not for Oksana Bayul, who was ethereal, I mean, she was just gorgeous on the ice. I mean, Nancy totally would have won. Um, and, And it just highlighted even more this this difference and and the how Nancy just she became even saintlier, you know, because of what happened at Coho Arena, and because it turned out to be Nancy, you know, uh, because it turned out to be Tanya, that Nancy's reputation was just that much shinier, and I think. She, I mean, she had millions and millions of dollars in sponsorships, you know, even before the Olympics had even started. How how does the assault then change the trajectory of both of their skating careers? Well, Tanya was basically done. I mean, she was she was just done and she, you know, she tried to make a go of it. And, you know, it was it was really sad. I mean, you know, I know people, you know, Tanya did what she did and she has to own it. At the same time, you know, your heart does go out to her in a lot of ways because of how she grew up, who she was. You know, she was never meant for that world. I mean, or the world was never, ever going to accept her. And, you know, she I mean, I think it was the 91 championships where she didn't even go to the champions dinner. You know, she went and she saw she shot eight ball in the hotel um, hotel bar with her husband and her friends. And so she just spit in the face of um, U.S. figure skating. And so they they were not going to give her a, a, a hand to pull her back up into their world. And so she ends up, you know, boxing and, you know, just doing all of these very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um you know, almost cliche, wrong side of the tracks, um, uh, 
uh, not mobile home. What's the word I'm looking for? Trailer park, (laughs) you know, trailer park stuff. You know, she's um, she really embraced the caricature that the public and everyone had um, created for her. Mm. So uh, just as a follow up, has has the USFSA changed their practices around expectations of skaters? Has the judging changed at all? You know what? I think it's gotten better, but I don't really know. You know, after I wrote that book, um, I really didn't follow figure skating much after that. Um, Maybe I did one more Olympics. I can't remember. I have such a terrible memory. I mean, I did did Alberville. um, So I did cover some figure skating there, but I never got in the weeds again with the judging and, you know, who's doing what and what's behind the scenes and which coaches are lobbying and, and all of that. I really, I really just left it. So at the end of the day, if you had to blame one person or thing, it could be a concept for the assault on Nancy Kerrigan, who or what would that be? Well, So it's a tough question because if Tanya and her athleticism and her place in the world of U.S. figure skating, had they be more accepting of a range of personalities, body types, Um, approach to the sport as most sports um, you to that it's talent plus hard work equals success. And that's not true in figure skating. You need more than talent and hard work. You need all of the other things that femininity, um, you know, it, it, it was, you know, it, it, it was, um, sort of America's fantasy of female athletes. It's not a WNBA player. It's not a track athlete. It's a comfortable female athlete who looks like a princess and is always smiling and is a quiet. And, you know, I mean, can you remember how, any, the voice of any single one of those figure skaters sounds like, no, because we didn't hear them very much. No, they were these, you know, quiet, beautiful, compliant, thin girls, even though Nancy was 24 at the time of um, the Olympics. And Tanya didn't fit in to that. And therefore, you know, she was always in this other box. And as I said, you know, she had a chip on her shoulder. And so if people were going to criticize her for her background, for her costumes, for everything else, she was going to make it the biggest thing about her. And she was going to say, look, you know, screw all of you. You know, this is who I am and I'm going to win in spite of all of it. Now, you know, was she a little off? Yeah. I mean, you have to be a little off to think that, you know, you're going to take out your biggest competitor, you know, and hire, you know, some 21 year old kid, you know, with a billy club, who's going to 
I mean, the whole thing was so, so ridiculous. And that that Tanya was a part of this says to me how damaged she was that her thinking was so off to think this is the only way I am ever going to get my due. They're going to hand that trophy, that medal to Nancy, no matter what. And if I don't get rid of her, I have no way of ever winning. And the stakes were so high for Tanya because she was going to be too old at the next Olympics. This was it for her. And it was the only thing she had. Well, Joan, thank you so much for joining us today and helping us get to the bottom of who's to blame for this uh, assault on Nancy Kerrigan and the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan scandal. Thanks, Rebecca. I appreciate you having me on. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Larmy. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hello. So I wrote, I jotted down a bunch of stuff while Joan was speaking um, because I didn't want to forget. I couldn't believe that we left judges <laughs> off of the board. <laughs> well, totally. they would have gotten rolled into the uh, USFSA. USFSA. The U.S. Figure Skating Association. I mean, that's right, right? Like the judges would have been included in that. That's true. I guess that's true. But I don't know. It sounds like from what Joan was saying, those judges were up to no good. They were (laughs) peeping at each other's scorecards. Like little like students cheating on tests. Also peeping behind the curtain watching rehearsals. 
God, it's like, Ma- what else were they peeping at? You know what I mean? Uh, I don't want to know. <laughs> don't I know go there, Amanda. that's been controversial, Amanda. <laughs> um, very, very scary. Um, and also the fact that they were, like, the, the relationship was just totally inappropriate. The fact that they were sort of guiding the figure skaters about how to present themselves in order to do better. It's just such a weird... It feels like there should be zero connection there between the judges and the women. And it just sounds like it the whole thing was kind of rigged. Totally. I, I it did have those vibes. Like what like like you're saying, it's like why were they up on everyone's business? What I think we could have put up on the board is like discomfort with strong women. Because Ooh. because this is what she was uh, Joan was talking about. It's like we needed an excess like figure skaters are like the ultimate accessible female athlete like they don't intimidate us like they don't look too strong like they're smiling at you <laughs> you know they're not yeah. like like aggressive in any way which I think people are uncomfortable with like really strong women like you see a woman who's like super built and I think it's like people find it some people find it really off-putting because they don't, they see it almost as like uncanny valley of like, no, women are supposed to look like this certain way. I mean, we see it with all different types of like, you know, projected body image onto women. And I think being super athletic and strong is just another version of that. It's true because like, I, I'm th- I keep thinking about ballet, which obviously there's a lot of connection here, but you know, these ballerinas are so strong and athletic and yet they must look graceful, right? I know. Don't you want to see a, ba- a ballerina who's like every time she's like doing a pirouette is like, ugh, you know, like how men do when they're like <laughs> lifting weights, you know, like just grunting and groaning. That's what I want to watch that Swan Lake version. <laughs> I would love it, her to like, you know, like fist up, like when she lands like a, 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 four, a quadruple pirouette. She's like, yeah. Well, who was that tennis? Who was that tennis player who would grunt after every shot? I want to say it was Maria Sharapova, but there was one before her. It might have been Steffi Graf. I don't remember. But that was yeah, that was considered like unladylike, and and like God at, forbid, at, she a, at a point like she, <laughs> if any of these women exert any kind of energy, it's like. It's unladylike. I, I know. It's so messed up. And so just to remind everyone, we sent um, the boyfriend, ex-husband to jail, Jeff Galuli, and we slapped the skating federation. So was there anything that made you want to change your mind about our verdict? Not really. I mean, I, I, I still think we got it. We were pretty accurate, I think, because... At the end of the day, it was such a dumb plan. And the, just the idea, that the fact that the, he was like, she needs to win the title, let me go assault her main competitor, right? That, that kind of logic, like she, you know, like Joan was talking about as well. It's like that, that just was not, that was not the right choice. Are you saying they should have gotten Oksana Bayul? No. (laughs) You're saying they should have gone about the assault in a better way. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I know what you're saying. A bigger crowbar. No. (laughs) 
No, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Think about, you know what? They needed me in their lives. Because if he would have been like, hey, so I'm, I'm thinking about doing this to Nancy Kerrigan. I, I would have been like, you, I'm sorry, what? You're going to do, and, and where's that? And you think you're going to get away with it? What are you doing, bro? Don't do it. Bro, what are you doing? Stay here. Okay, this is why we desperately need an alarmist TV show, because I want to see that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I just like sit next to him at Spud City back in 1991. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Spud. Um, that was like, you know, I'm being cute, right? Uh, but because I'm trying to be his friend, but also like be like the voice of reason in his life. Anyway, it, I, I think we nailed it um, for this one. I feel pretty proud of the conclusion that we came to. Uh, there were other things I wished I had put up on the board, like our princess obsession. Like, mm. what is up with that? We do need to talk about that. Um, yeah, says, we could says, get into some Disney stuff, like a di- like who's to blame for? Uh, I don't know what it would even be, but yes, yeah, something <laughs> we did do well, Princess Diana. Yeah, <laughs> the ma- the OG princess. Um, no, she wasn't the OG. <laughs> so many princesses before her time. <laughs> um, but it, well, I, I'm sure someone out there in the alarmy uh, has a good princess tragedy yeah. that that we could do. Even if we do the Little Mermaid, you know. Oh um, yeah, we could just do one of our movie ones. That would be exactly. good. Um, so maybe uh, write in and let us know uh, which princess tragedy we should uh, take down. Um, uh, also, can I just say real quick that Joan was talking about it like she definitely thinks Tanya knew. Okay. Yeah. So that kind of made me go like, okay, like, of course, we're so naive. Like, and we want to, we're, we sympathize with Tanya, which is good and natural. But like, come on. <laughs> she knew. <laughs> right. It, it. This is why this is such a good alarmist topic because it's not black and white it's not just like she knew and she and she gave the okay i mean she probably knew she knew to some extent right and she uh you know uh, agreed or 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 uh you know testified said that she did know after the fact before the fact who knows mm. but what what i love about this is that it's it's not just that she knew and therefore she's to blame. It's like there's so much at the at, at that that that's just bubbling at the surface. And and the fact that, you know, what when Joan was talking about how like if they had been more accepting of her um in the associ- in the skating association, that who knows what kind of trajectory her career or her life would have gone in, you know. Yeah. I found that to be fascinating too, thinking about uh, Tanya Harding as a specific character with a chip on her shoulder who in the face of these judges who are telling her to act a certain way and dress a certain way she doubles down on her yeah. own personality uh-huh. and goes against them so the confluence of those things her personality and the USFSA was sort of you know, on this trajectory, like Joan was saying, that that was sort of unsustainable and sort of erupted in this in this attack, which I fa- that I find that to be interesting. Yeah, that is interesting that she had she was like a rebel and had a strong personality, and she wouldn't. So Joan said she was not open to reinvention, which is kind of like 
really impressive. Yeah. Like, yeah. She, we don't give her enough credit for all the things that she did stand up for. Sadly, it didn't turn out well. And she definitely made some mistakes along the way. Um, Name yeah, one. For- <laughs> <laughs> She's human, Amanda. <laughs> uh, that movie was great, though. It also made me realize how good that movie was. <laughs> I, Tanya. I thought that was such a good movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, I think it was. So here's to Hollywood. We got it right. <laughs> Big clap. Let's go to big clap to Hollywood, the big Hollywood studios. No, no, no. (laughs) Um, Hollywood's just as bad as the skating industry. Yeah. It's true. (laughs) Big clap to Allison Janney. Yeah. She played her mom. Yeah. Big clap. Or come on, Margot Robbie. Yeah, we should just give it to her. She was so good. (laughs) Her due. Like she hasn't had her due. (laughs) (laughs) She's doing fine. Um, okay, so, uh, but, you know, before we go, is there any bit of housekeeping? I mean, we just celebrating celebrated a 100th episode. Amazing. So- Congratulations. And, you know, let's keep up the good work. And thanks to the Alarmy for helping us get to those 100 new reviews. By the way, if you didn't get to it, it's not too late. Or we always <laughs> love reading those. But yeah, I think it's been a good it's been a good 100 episodes. I feel good, and what I feel even better about is how close we're getting to a million, yeah. right? And again, none of us can figure out that math, but it's got to be. We're it's well only a on few more. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just well feel so way. confident. It's right around the corner. That's it feels right. like at least. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, yes. Like Amanda said, thank you to everyone for all the reviews and for joining us on this journey. Um, we've we still have. You know, so much to cover, so many places to go, and so many people to talk to because the blaming never stops. And and if you can just go to sleep with that tonight, thinking about that, you know, the blaming never stops. Um, that'll that'll give you some good dreams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, tune in next week because we have a very special treat for you we are discussing the events that happened in the movie heathers who's to blame erios powered by acast Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.